Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to gain actionable advice, learn about current market trends, and hear war stories from other professional investors out there in the field today. Before we get started, I have two quick housekeeping items to cover. First, if you like the episode, we would very much appreciate a like, subscribe, and share. It is the best way to support the show and keep it running. Second, if you are a new investor looking to get started in real estate or an experienced investor looking to take your investing to the next level, we created an ebook for you that will cover how to find deals that are actually deals, how to finance those deals with little to no money down, and how to exit those deals for maximum value. On top of that, I throw in an insane amount of free bonuses that you'll have access to once you buy the ebook. All we charge is our admin cost to keep the show running. So, if you're serious about real estate investing and want to create both active and passive income as an investor, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com and click on the button that says get the ebook to grab yourself a copy today. So with that said, let's dive right in. Today we have a very special guest with us ready to drop some investor knowledge on you. So buckle up, grab your pen and paper and enjoy the ride. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Lior Rosansky with us all the way over from Baltimore. No, Boston, right, Lior? Boston. That's I'm getting it. all these things mixed up, man. West Coast people. We don't know our East Coast. But uh, Lior is from Floral Capital LLC. He is a master at multifamily. Um, so I am super excited to have him on here. Lior, thank you very much for hopping on. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, we, we definitely don't associate with Baltimore down here. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing we got that correct. That was, that was a no, no. That was my bad. Yeah, it's all good. All right. Well, hey, I told you before we got on here, we like to start with stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are today. Um, I'm sure you got a good one. So why don't you dive into it? Where did you uh, or how did you get started in real estate in the first place? Yeah. So for me, it kind of started with a classic immigrant story. You know, we moved here to the States um, when I was like eight, nine from Israel. Um, wow. You know, parents parents wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, <laughs> that was kind of uh, drilled into my head, uh, basically from right from the get-go. You know, that's, that's really the only way to be successful, right? Um, so I ended up going, doing pre-med in uh, university here. Um, actually took the MCAT. Um, was gonna and basically decided to take like a gap year job before applying to med schools. Um, so I actually ended up taking a uh, role in a management consulting firm. Um, you know, and that's there. I kind of worked brutal hours, uh, you know, 50, 60, 70 hour weeks. Um, just, you know, I, I kind of saw what it's like in corporate, right? Where you're just slaying away at hours, but you don't really have time to like, think what you're going to do for yourself, right? I mean, you're just always so busy, either traveling or doing work. Um, you know, so I, I, I you know, I, I try to give myself some time to like figure that out. Did some, you know, I, I took some time, try to do some research on other wealth things that I could do for myself, right? Um, you know, so I played around on the stock market, stuff like that. But I quickly realized I wasn't going to be the next Warren Buffett, like very quickly. Um, right there with you, and, uh, yeah, right. Like most of us, we, we I feel like we have that epiphany. Um, <laughs> and and uh, what was funny was, um, you know, I had two buddies at the time that uh, were uh, in the construction industry and they were talking about buying a place, right? Or buying a, a piece of property. And I was like, well, you know what? I mean, maybe real estate could make sense, right? I mean, 
you know, I've got another year before I go to med school. Maybe I'll just buy something and see how that goes. Um, so I decided to buy, right? I, I, I really knew nothing, didn't know anything about um, business, real estate. I mean, I, I, you know, I understood the basic concept like, hey, I can buy something. It can maybe produce some income. Um, you know, I really like the Boston market. I understood it was a growing market. Um, so I was like, hey, why don't I just dive into this? So bought my first property. Um, and then from there, you know, uh, as soon as I closed, I thought I was an absolute genius, right? So <laughs> I uh, decided to jump into the development game. Um, as I was kind of exiting the corporate space, decided not to apply to med school. I thought I was going to make billion dollars developing property. Um, and again, quickly realized that's not the case, right? I mean, you know, what I, what I quickly saw was it's very similar to corporate, right? You're basically trading your time for money. Um, it's just as stressful, just the same 50, 60, 70 hour weeks. Um, you know, it, you don't really have a lot of time to do other things. And, um, you know, as soon as I got out of those projects, there were great learning lessons. Um, I really narrowed down and understood like, look, multifamily, um, and, and buying rental property was the way to go, right? It's something that's scalable, something that allows you to build income on the side, um, and builds your wealth at the same time. So that's, that's kind of how I, I kind of got into the multifamily trajectory. Cool, man. Your uh, your story kind of mirrors mine um, quite a bit. I was in management consulting too, and I was just like, "Man, these hours are brutal. So I got to figure out a way out." Um, but it sounds like uh, you know you were you're you're an immigrant family, so you guys are. I'm sh- everybody who's an immigrant. You know they have such good work ethics, and so I'm sure that really helped you along um, in your journey in real estate. When you decided to get into real estate, what was that first property that you bought? What kind of real? Uh, what kind of property was it? Yeah, so it was a it was a three family around Boston. Um, okay. You know, and I tell even today I still buy those because a lot of the bulk of Boston's inventory. You know, it's a very old town. We don't have huge apartment buildings here like you might have in like the South or Southwest or Midwest, right? Uh, you know, a, a twenty unit building here is like like a huge building. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so I bought a three-unit building, um, and again, kind of from the beginning, my rationale for the the purchase was: look, I want to buy in a growing area. Like I didn't understand much, but I understood that because I knew that if I bought in a place where there's going to be demand today, where there's going to be demand in the future, where I could see there was growth through infrastructure and development, you know, I saw it as like a hard to lose proposition. So that's kind of what made me pull the trigger on it. Absolutely. Growing in with a population, positive net migration. That's what you need to look for. Obviously, even shrinking cities, you can make good deals. Detroit, I'm sure there's still good good deals to be had. But the one key you want in real estate is positive net migration. Um, All right. So you got that three unit. And then from there, you jump straight into development. That is something that I don't often hear. Why did you decide that development was the next step for you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I I bought that first property kind of looking at the numbers and, you know, the cash flows. And I thought, well, you know, I can look at numbers and development deal and it'll be just as easy, right? So um, I penciled out, you know, I'm a numbers guy, penciled out the numbers. And I was like, wow, like you can make a ton of money. Why don't we just do that? And again, quickly realized that's not the case. I mean, development is a whole nother ball game, (laughs) completely different ball game, right? Um, you know, and it's, it's the same thing, right? I mean, it's lucrative, but you're directly trading your time for it. I mean, you have to be on site every day. Um, you know, you're not creating that additional, uh, income streams, right? So it, it didn't really solve a lot of the issues that I originally had, 
when I was in kind of as a, you know, in corporate America. So that's, that's kind of why I decided to move away from it. You were looking for cash flow, not lumps of cash. I was looking for cash flow. I, I, you know, I think I was looking for two things. I was looking for something that would help me build wealth in the future. Right. I think Mm -hmm. that was actually priority number one for me. Um, You know, and like I said, I I didn't, I don't like investing in the stock market. Um, I didn't really believe in my 401k. So I needed a vehicle that I could sit on over a long period of time that I truly believe, believed in, right? And obviously, the more I studied real estate, the more I kind of understood the value of it. So actually, it was really that wealth generation was number one. And then the second was, you know, having that additional income stream was, of course, also, uh, you know, fantastic. Yep. So since then, since, uh, you know, your foray into development, you have gone into syndications, um, which is something that's actually, I'm just getting into now. Every deal I've done up to this point, I've only had one or two in, uh, investors with me, but now um, we've decided to open it up to other people. And so this is a new new world for me. How did you decide to get into syndications and what was the uh, kind of the process that you went through for that first one? Yeah. So what I basically did from there was, uh, you know, again, I, I understood that I didn't know everything in the in the business, so I uh, ended up partnering actually with uh, my broker at the time. I got licensed, um, and my broker at the time was starting to buy up a lot of multifamilies around the Boston area. And I kind of just found a way to provide value to his operation, and essentially was started helping build it out. Right, so uh, we were able to raise money. I mean, you know, we were buying small multifamilies, so it's not like we were raising money from like fifteen different people. Um, for these deals, most of the times we had anywhere from three to six or seven investors per deal. Um, that was kind of our average. Uh, but yeah, that that's kind of the step we took on. Um, you know, I kind of helped a, a lot with the raises of the money, with the financial analysis. I kind of that that was kind of the value I was able to provide. And uh, together, we were able to kind of hit the pedal and really scale out and uh, buy quite a bit of buildings over the last, you know, over three four years or so. Nice. I love it. And you guys are strictly focused on the Boston area, right? Yeah. I mean, even today, I'm strictly focused on Boston. I mean, you know, I, I have plans of potentially expanding into the South, Southeast in the future. I think the my rationale today is I really want to build out a high quality shop first in Boston mm-hmm. um, and really nail down like the structure, the number of people, the types of people, the systems, the processes, right? That's all we're, that's all in development today. And once I really nail down that, then I'll kind of feel comfortable maybe expanding into one other market, right? Because, you know, one of, one of the things I see a lot, I see a lot of syndicators do, which is good and bad is, you know, they can, they own product over five, six different states, right? And that's great from a diversification perspective. But, you know, we all kind of know that in real estate, it's, neighborhood by neighborhood. And a lot of times it's street by street, right? I mean, Boston, like you, you, you buy a building on the wrong street, you're going to lose a lot of money, right? So it, it's really getting to know and becoming an expert in one marketplace. Um, so that's why I've really prioritized building it out here. I'm also a huge believer in Boston. You know, it's a class A market. I think it's going to be here in the future. It's super resilient. Um, so that's why I want to build everything out here. And then, you know, in the future, I can kind of evaluate the opportunity of potentially going down south. Yep. I love it. Yeah. Building the systems is definitely, that's where you really start to see the returns and the and security is just mastering a specific market, getting your team up up and running and, uh, and working, you know, well-oiled machine. What are the, um, 
what are the the main roles that you feel have really contributed to your business to allow to be automated and expand um, within the Boston area? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd say um, from an operational perspective, um, some of the things that I've, you know, some of the roles I've hired in the past and I'm hiring again um, has been construction, right? So a lot of my mm. um, a lot of my deals are either light or heavy value add. Um, you know, in Boston, it's it's different than a lot of other markets in the across the country, right? Yeah, I mean, the houses are built they, in seventeen hundred, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Like you're <laughs> dealing with old inventory. Um, our construction prices are also significantly different, right? Like I, I talk to syndicators in the South who are telling me they're doing value add, and they do it like ten, fifteen grand a door. Um, you know, and I joke with people here, I can't even get out of the trash guy for ten grand, right? So. <laughs> Um, you know, my average construction budgets here are probably like fifty to a hundred thousand dollars per unit. Um, so we're doing a significant amount of work, right? I mean, we're we're really um my philosophy, especially over the last I'd say twelve to twenty-four months, has been to create standout product in a, in standout locations. Um, so we do heavy work, really create strong product that can often compete for top dollar rents. Um, you know, it's obviously not brand new construction or anything like that. So I'm not competing with the developers, but in terms of existing product, like it is, you know, I'm trying to build out some of the top line um, inventory to really stand out. And are you guys buying in kind of workforce housing areas or are you doing more of the top end um, luxury-ish units? Yeah, that's something that's also shifted over the last 12, 24 months. So I'd say when we first started first three, four years, probably, you know, we were kind of looking at, I would call them class C um, maybe lower class B locations around Boston. Um, don't get me wrong. I was still very high and still am very high in a lot of these places. I mean, they're changing every day. Um, but they were certainly, you know, they were certainly kind of the lower end in terms of locations. Um, and then the last 12, 24 months, I mean, we've really, uh, I've really been conscious about trying to buy in better locations. So high class B and even class A locations today. Um, you know, cause I really want to position, I, I really want to play and um and own inventory in just standout locations right um you know my pitch to all my uh capital investors every time i go on a deal is look obviously we can exit a deal in three or five years but every time i every time i buy an asset i want to i look at it from the perspective of what happens if we have to own this for 10 15 20 years right is this a building that we're is going to continue to command demand um well into the future right so i would rather pay up buying just the strongest possible locations, you know, some of the buildings I buy today are within like a mile of like Harvard, right? Like Harvard University or MIT, um, you know, and it's like, th those places are not going anywhere. So I feel very, very good that, you know, these, these kinds of locations are just going to be resilient, um, no matter what happens in the economy. Yep, absolutely. Location is the number one thing. And I actually had to learn the hard way that um, you really do need to know the, the the specific metro that you're dealing with, because as you said, every single street, it can change very quickly. Um, and even if a, a larger metro, you know, the, the city has good metrics, you know, high, low, low unemployment, um, positive net migration, all that stuff. If you buy on the wrong street, you might be buying a bad deal. So you definitely need to know specifics. All right. I just took a peek at the clock. Does look like we've gone through our 15 minutes. So it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Starts with books. I'm a big bookie. So give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom, one for real estate specific. Uh, ooh, I like that. 
So real, real estate specific, uh, I actually just finished up um, the E-Myth for real estate investors. Oh, um, re- I really like that one. Um, I really like that one. I thought that was, it provided a lot of value, especially for, uh, you know, if you're kind of in the midst of like hiring um, or anything like that, that was, a, I would strongly urge people to read that. Um, it kind of reinforced for me, like the, the way to build the systems and processes. So that was great. And then, um, in terms of life wisdom, oof, as well, since I've been asked that, I would actually go with um, McCon- uh, Matthew McConaughey's book. Um, oh, nice. Green uh, Light. Re- yeah, Green Light. There you oh, go. Green Light. Uh, really good book. I mean, just like the, you would never think about it, but like the experiences he's had um, and the way he was able to kind of transform, you know, kind of go through these different um, experiences is just, an, it's an unbelievable story. Um, and really, I actually took a, quite a bit of like life lessons away from that. So it's a really great read. Dude, Matthew McConaughey for president. Let's see that. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> got my vote. <laughs> All right, moving on. This next question is for your younger self. If you could go back to the Lior who was just getting started in real estate, let's say he was just working in that management consulting firm, looking at that first deal, go to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Whoop, I you cut out there, so say it one more time. Oh, I said scale quicker. Scale uh, quicker. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I spent the first three years, three, four years, we did good. We bought a fair amount of buildings. Um, but oftentimes it was just me and my partner, maybe one other person here or there. Uh, but I, I you know, I I can see it today, right? If I was able to stick the right team behind what we were doing, I mean you know, I could have quadrupled or even more this business, right? So scale quicker, bring on people more quicker. Um, I, I think that's the key. Absolutely. And I've said this before, there's actually safety in size. I know it's so tempting to think that that $100,000 property, you know, you, you're exposing yourself less, but you also have a smaller cash flow. And that is what keeps your, keeps your building safe, keeps your business safe, is being able to dip into that cash flow when things go wrong. So these smaller properties, they are not as uh, it's not the place to start. You want to scale quicker. You want to go bigger, just like Lior said. Um, love that. So moving on to the next question. This one is the United States. It's a big place. A lot of opportunity out there. Give me one metro that you are most excited in investing in today. I got to stick with Boston, man. I, Boston. You, know, I, I, you know, it's uh, kind of like I said, it's I really want to invest in in the best markets, right? I uh, I'm a big believer in not chasing cash flow, right? I know I know a lot of uh, operators and investors look for that, and sometimes I think it takes them to questionable areas or markets. Um, so I, you know, I I I really want to play a long term wealth and equity game. So for me, it's wh- wh- how can I invest into the best possible markets in the U.S. Um, honestly, my biggest regret in COVID was that I didn't go buy real estate in New York City, right? So um, if I can expand into New York City, I would do that too. Um, but, you know, buying in established markets, Boston, New York's, the LA's of the world, um, you know, there's there's a reason people pay up for those properties there. Absolutely. All right. This next one is your Superman strength. We are all gifted with strengths that we uniquely can give this world. So what is your Superman strength? Uh, what are you good at? Oh, that's a good question too. Uh, I, you know, like, I would say probably my, you know, this is going to sound a little funny, but 
I can take it to the chin really well over and over again. That's <laughs> that's probably my number one thing, you know. Hey man, there's I'll some boxers that that's just what they're good at is getting hit. So I understand it. It's, it look, I mean, every I feel like every day I see like a new, you know, a new curveball or something that I didn't expect it and see. And just being able to work through that, being able to figure out, okay, like assess the situation, figure it out, you know, take the hit. How do I recover? Where do I need to go next? Right. I mean, I think it's in any business, right. It's not obviously not only real estate, but it's such a critical skill. Um, and honestly, I'd say that's probably one of my best things, right? Like, I think that's one of the, one of the things that's helped me grow at this pace I have. Cause you know, things happen, life happens, crap happens. And, um, you know, I can just roll right through it and keep on going. So, and the thing about shit hitting the fan is it's never, it never happens where you think it's going to happen. It always comes out never. of work and you're just like, wow, did not expect that. So that is definitely, it, it, a, yeah. definitely it, it, a never, it never happens how you think or where you think, like it's always going to surprise you. And that's what you, you got to be resilient. It's like, it's, it's key. Absolutely. All right, moving on. None of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So what is a, who is a mentor that who has contributed to your career and uh, how have they moved you along? That's a good question. You know, I, I, I don't think I would say I have one mentor necessarily. Um, you know, I, what I do is I like to study up from the biggest investors, uh, past and present, um, and kind of really try to figure out what they're doing. Right. So you know, and, and that's kind of actually one of the reasons why I felt very comfortable investing in a quote unquote expensive market, right? Like Boston, because I've, I've I saw, you know, that a lot of the wealthiest people, they not only invested in real estate, but they own real estate in cities like New York, Boston, LA, right? Um, it's not like they're necessarily buying houses like, you know, like you said, like Detroit, right? Or anything like that. Obviously, uh, you know, BlackRock and Blackstone, they might have other uh, philosophies on that and they're acting on it. But in general, that's, um, you know, that, that's, that's kind of what I've, that's kind of what I've studied and learned um, and really try to mimic that in my own investing philosophy, right? Like, how do I, how do I buy the best, uh, the best quality assets in the best possible locations? Uh, and I, you know, I picked it up from many different people. Yep, Absolutely. All right. That moves us on to the very last question. This is for the listeners. You've given us a lot of good advice. I'm sure people want to reach out and say hi. What is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I'm very active on uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, feel free to DM, DM me, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, very active. So yeah, please DM me and I'll do my best to help out. All right. And I will put those links in the show notes for LinkedIn and Instagram. So if you guys want to reach out to Lior, just click a little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find the links. So that wraps it up. I appreciate you hopping on the show. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Absolutely. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe with realestateinvestingclub.com. Other than that, hope you guys end up having an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. 
If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out, and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.